Hey there fellow geeks and nerds, Gareth here. Just a reminder before the show starts that we are accessible on all the usual social media haunts. Facebook, you can find us on facebook.com slash thegeeksjournal. Instagram, at thegeeksjournal. Twitter, at geeksjournaluk. The Geeks Journal is available on most podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you get the picture. So please, feel free to share and recommend to anyone you think might enjoy it as much as I hope you are too. If the moment should take your fancy, leave a little comment or review. Apparently it helps. I have no idea how, but apparently it does. Thanks for sticking with me through all the boring spiel. And now, on with the show. Greetings and salutations, fellow geeks and nerds, and welcome back to the Geeks Journal podcast in a time of recording what feels like the desert heat of Mad Max Fury Road. I am joined by a full complement of the collective this time around. Uh, so first of all, I want to say hello to Damien, Ollie and Luke. Gentlemen, hello. Hello. hello there. As they are joining me by the miracle of Zoom. However, we've decided to up things a little bit and have dare to have, after almost two years, more than one person in a physical space at any given time. And joining me in my living room is Lee. Hello. Oi, oi. Such a weird <laughs> position to be in that we're doing this. It's great, but like it's very, very odd. So Meet space. <laughs> so, listeners, as you may well be aware from our last recording, we are talking about the 1997 monster action movie Starship Troopers. Now, Lee, I'm going to hand this over to you a sec first because this was your choice. Tell us a little bit about the film and why why you chose it. As in a synopsis or just... Yeah, give us a brief rundown of the story. Oh, blimey. Okay, well, it's about a, uh, a, a group of high school kids who uh, graduate and then it's a dystopian future. I should probably point that out first, uh, where citizenship and the right to vote etc is only granted if you serve in the uh is it it's not the military well it's the military but they call it something else don't they like the, the federation citizenship isn't it is yeah it they the, gain citizenship yeah. by doing their service essentially so it follows a, gr- a group of three well, supposed to be teenagers but i found out they're all about like 30 when they film this this is literally what fucked me up throughout <laughs> this entire thing like we got people like like denise richards and um, like Neil Patrick Harris is in this as well. And I'm watching this just going, so are we led to believe that these fucking 30-year-olds are supposed to be like straight out of high school? But- I genuinely thought I would I would look that old when I reached like 18, but <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> as we get older, we're just worse versions of iPhones as we go along. So just, <laughs> when am I going to get big and strong? It's like, nope, this is it. This is it. It's this and just a general degradation as you go on. The slow decline. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where were we? We were talking about the film. Um, so, yeah, these three teenagers, they, they go off and join the military service and they uh, get into a few scrapes, shall we say? Yes, yeah, to say the least. I mean, so, but on a on a on a personal level, to you, why why did you choose this film? Like, what's your history behind it? When did you first get into this? So, I've always had a bit of a 
a love, I guess, of, of kind of anything militaristic, anything with guns, right? You know me, I'm a simple man. And Starship Troopers for me was the first kind of big sci-fi film with guns that I really got into. You know, it, it was during our formative years, right? We were teenagers when it came out. We mm. went to the cinema to watch it. I really enjoyed it. I fell quite in love with it. I'd never read the book. I wasn't aware at the time that it was a book. I fell in love with the film and the kind of franchise. And they, they did try to franchise it to a degree, you know, beyond that. A few years later, there was like a CG animated series, uh, war gaming company in Swindon, funnily enough, actually picked up the rights to that and actually made like little miniatures of the bugs and oh, really? the mobile infantry and stuff. Yeah, it was brilliant. So I, I was really into it. I really enjoyed it. And the, the CG series was, was actually quite good for a CG series. You know, it was sort of as good as Clone Wars before Clone Wars was a thing. Hmm. So for me, it kind of resonated. Like, and I, I'd, I'd always enjoyed Robocop prior to this. Mm. And, you know, knowing it's the same director, you can see the kind of parallels, you know, the kind of satirical news stories that give you a bit of exposition, etc., and all that kind of thing was yeah. very sort of Verhoeven-esque. And I, just, I, I'm not, I can't really pinpoint exactly why it resonated so much, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was one that I really wanted to revisit for this. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Luke, let's go to you next. What's your kind of initial uptake with it like previous history i mean I, i'm guessing because like for me because i like, i didn't watch it with with you guys I'm, I'm presuming you watch it right about the same time luke but this was a a little bit more of a later one for me how about how about yourself yeah no i didn't watch it until probably the early noughties i think um i don't know where <laughs> i don't know i must have caught it on tv is what i'm thinking um mm. and then from there i must have liked it enough that i bought the dvd um, still have it somewhere in the house. Um, luckily it was on st- streaming platforms um, to watch. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like like Lee said, it's an I, I love sci-fi, guns. What more can you have? What, really? So what, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> Damien, what about yourself? Um, oh, I had to really think hard. I think I saw this as a rental app from the video dev. I think, and it's interesting you. Mention Robocop Lee, is it's also one of the screenwriters. He wrote the script and the composers from Robocop as well. So it's. I did wonder that. Mm, yeah, it's, they all came from Robocop. Yeah, and it's also, um, you appreciate this, it's very Astra Militarum versus Tyranids. Yes. Yeah. Massively it, so. Mm. <laughs> that was another big thing, actually. I neglected to mention my, my love of Warhammer and how very similar it is. Mm. Just to get a quick plug in, Lee actually talks more about Warhammer in one of the most recent episodes of his podcast, The Average Gamers, which is also available on all streaming platforms also. Checks in the post there, Gareth. Thank, Thank you very much. Ollie, what about yourself? I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw this at the cinema in Devices. Now, I'm not sure who it was with. I suspect it probably was Lee and possibly Neil as well. Mm-hmm. And I I vividly remember having like a really enjoyable experience at the cinema because, as you say, you know, it's paul verhoven and like i was a big fan of total recall and robocop and it's that kind of tongue-in-cheek space adventure with you know big bugs and big bang bangs (laughs) guns 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 what a what a magnificent critique it's like big guns big bangs what, what more do you need exactly <laughs> exactly because let's just just get it out of the, the bat now the, the guns are something that drive me crazy in this film the, the, the impracticality of them all yeah they are ridiculous guns yeah <laughs> but 
Yes, so it was a cinema trip, two devices with friends, and I, I do remember really enjoying it. And subsequently, I have seen the sequels. And I... <laughs> oh, really? What? You poor bastard. Yeah. What? Well, they, they then become I'm sorry, more the sequels? Li- yeah, they become <laughs> more in line with the like book and um, like Japanese anime series. Yes, I forgot that it was a book as well. Yeah, so you end up with like the mech suits and the marauders which is a little bit more in line with well actually more in line with the um japanese series as well right right okay no it's a it's a it's a funny one because like for me yeah I, i think luke more like you in the sense of i didn't get to this until like early 2000s and i probably haven't seen it that many times since i think maybe like until like up to about 2005, and I probably hadn't seen it a lot since. So it was really... I mean, it was like virtually a fresh watch for me. It really was. Cool. And yes, that like as as always with these films, it takes four days, um, <laughs> suffice to say. And looking forward to chatting about it. And I think with that, I think... Well, let's just, let's just crack into it. I mean, Lee, you hit the nail on the head with this being Paul Verhoeven, and obviously most famously known for the for, for, for Robocop and Total Recall. And there's one thing that he always does very well in this sort of thread is he he, he loves a good parody of, of, of fascism and capitalism, doesn't mm, he? Yeah. And that's something that like really like straight out of the gate with his movie comes out with almost like you're the person clicking the internet links mm. of what's actually going on. And it's and you know exactly what's who's steering the ship at this point it's a very distinctive trademark that he has one thing that i did find and i'm just going to get this out of the way now because this is probably uh this is probably my main although hang on a second i'm I'm just gonna i'm gonna turn the key and now we welcome you to another edition of lee's incredulous corner so i think one thing that sticks with me throughout this entire movie is that if it wasn't for the CGI of the creatures, I, I'm still trying to work out if it was deliberate, and if it's deliberate, it's a work of sheer genius, but I've never really seen a movie that's made in the 90s that's set in the future of a nondescript time, but the future that they have created with this budget looks like it was made in the 80s. Does that make sense? I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But actually, I was thinking. I see. I thought about this when I was watching it, and like, it kind of doesn't look like silly future. It kind of looks more like a believable future because, mm. you know, fashions and styles change and things go in and out of style. And actually, when you look, kind of look at them, you're like, oh, you know, that could be today. That could also be fifty, sixty, hundred years in the future. Like, it's not wacky sort of, you know, yeah. silver suits and you know weird piping and and odd things sticking out of their hair and stuff it's like it's quite normal looking kind of attire well they try to keep it quite grounded don't they because the majority Mm. of the earth based scenes are in a school and you can't really do much with a school can you you know classrooms a classroom gymnasiums a gymnasium the only thing they change is kind of the sporting event footballs yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna get to that football <laughs> match. Football. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I think like I really enjoyed with it because like, we we see one of the 
trademark Verhoeven characters, we see Michael Ironside rock up like right out of the gate playing, um, I, I, I couldn't pronounce his name, Raz? Radchek. Radchek, thank you. Where of course, the thing is that he's, he's missing an arm. And of course, the main serious point is that he's, he's been in combat. He's done his citizenship. He's done his time and he lost his arm in battle. But I'm watching this and just going, so Richter grew an arm back? <laughs> It's a total recall joke, listeners, if you've not watched that yet. Mike, see you at the party, Richter. Um, it's, it just couldn't look past it. It was just so ridiculous. But I think, again, yeah, there's just this whole, like, the ages of these people just really threw me off. Because, again, you've got you've got Casper Van Dien, who's playing, like, jock hunk hero Johnny Rico. And, like, just... Like, j- 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 Cock Diesel, like, is it like that's not an eighteen-year-old. In no way is that a playing age of an eighteen-year-old whatsoever. Yeah, I said, like there were there were a few bits in this school bit that I just thought like like it worked. It was it looked it, it, it was fun. The times that I'd watched it before didn't realize that the biology teacher during the during the bug autopsy is actually Blanche from the Golden Girls. That really threw me off. <laughs> no way. I was looking it up and just going, it's like, there's something about the face. I don't quite sure what's going on. And then I looked it up and just a son of a bitch. But this was like the first thing that I think I ever saw Neil Patrick Harris in. Like, I watched a bit. Surely Doogie Howser. Right? I watched a bit of Doogie Howser, but it wasn't really on that much when we were kids. That was mainly kind of like in the States and we kind of like got the odd kind of rerun in the UK. But it was never, it wasn't really like prevalent enough when we were growing up. Hmm. But again, like like he was probably the one that looked the youngest. I think. I think he was really the only one that genuinely kind of like fit that kind of period. Denise Richards, maybe. But I did. I did like the. I thought it was a nice practical effect of the of the autopsy. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a fun little, a fun little practical use. That was quite nice. That is kind of the like the overshadowing thing about this film is the the visual and practical effects that. Mm. When I was watching it again, I was like, "There's there's a few like ropey bits, but overall, they are they hold up really well." And perhaps Aged that's be- very well, yeah. Perhaps that's yep. the the type of creature that, you know that they're using. You know, they're bugs rather than like robots, which you know you can very quickly like start looking like a 1950s robot, an 80s robot, to something that's overly futuristic. Whereas the bugs kind of <laughs> make it timeless. It's Phil Tippett again, isn't it? doing the creature design mm. is it yeah oh was it yeah, yeah 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 so does it presumably does that mean ilm were on board for this i don't know actually who the fx house was that's a look. good question actually well, touch touchstone were involved so disney had a hand in it didn't they to the bat cave <laughs> you need that you need one of those oh can you imagine yeah oh that'd be a great jingle to have hold the line caller <laughs> uh Amalgamated Dynamics. Okay, so it wasn't ILM. No, but I think, it yeah, was, I think he'd left. I think he left not long after Jurassic Park. I think. Well, people died, right? So you know, he was the dinosaur supervisor on that. <laughs> so yeah, he probably <laughs> left under a bit of a cloud. I understand, as I understand it. <laughs> Isn't there a thing in the Jurassic Park credits? You saw a meme of that once. It was like dinosaur supervisor. It's like you had one job, yeah. Phil. People died. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we we get this little insight to the to the kids wanting to sign up for, for citizenship and they want to join the military and they want to do their part and usual teenage naivety for my country, America. And Argentina in this case. Argentina, say, yeah. sorry. Yes, because they're in Buenos Aires, aren't they? It's they are. Just a 
Wouldn't have thought it. Looking very Aryan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, interestingly enough, should we should we touch on this fact now about the kind of not conspiracy, but kind of the theory behind it is that it is a satire of a dystopian future where potentially the Nazis won and you know that's where spread the costumes around the world. Come from, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And it's very kind of, you know, it's it's a look it's it's meant to be a sideways glance at, you know, how horrible would life be actually under this regime. Mm. And it's kind of where it goes. I you see, I hadn't seen that yet, so I think that's a very interesting yeah, because because one of my one of my things that I was going to touch on later, but actually I'll I'll talk about it now quickly because it's something that does really tie in is that with Neil Patrick Harris, of course, he goes off to kind of join the you know the psych corps and and becomes a colonel and stuff like that. And he comes in and he's wearing like this long leather jacket and stuff like this. And I just remember going, are they trying to make NPH look like he's a member of the Gestapo? That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Yes, they like, are. Yeah, that was that was so weird. But no, I, I hadn't taken on board hmm. that that element of it. That's 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 interesting. Well, maybe he was looking for the Madonna with the big boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but what oh, I was, but, there were so many so bit. <laughs> yeah I know but what I was going to say is they get that, the wrong one at the end he said what a mistake and a maker <laughs> for the benefit of the listeners should we explain what Ollie's, Ollie's referencing there <laughs> oh, that was a reference so, to listeners. a British sitcom called LOLO <laughs> set in wartime Europe in France I think more importantly sorry can we just take a moment did you just pronounce the H at the beginning LOLO but what I was going to say is that, interestingly, <laughs> in the um, Japanese animated series, um, Rico, his his name is actually Juan, and it's his nickname is Johnny, which is interesting. That's actually from the book. Is that from the, the book yeah, as the well? Book. He was, yeah. He's actually Filipino-Argentinian, um, so he actually speaks a lot of Filipino or Tagalog. So this is a, so this is a whitewash that Hollywood actually got away with this time. Mm, yeah massively so yeah right. well from what i read and sorry if i'm going to steal anyone else's notes here verhoven started to read the book and, and heinlein's book is quite i guess bleak and it, it's deliberately so because it's meant to be like you know this is how horrible things would be and it, it's a lot more political and a lot more heavy mm. and he, he basically said yeah i'm bored of this and by all accounts there was a screenplay written called something like Bug Attack at Outpost 9, and somebody pointed out... Oh, it was Bug Hunt, that It was very similar to this book. Yeah, that's the one. It's very, very similar to the plot of Heinlein's book, and it's like, well, okay, let's let's use the name of the book and adapt it, and essentially all they did was basically pluck the names out of the book and slap them on characters in this. It doesn't, by all accounts, doesn't... Um, <laughs> doesn't... Um, it doesn't follow the plot of the book very closely at all. Uh, you, you guys missed that. There was, Parker just came through the window. Yeah, sorry. Out the yeah, curtains. sorry for the benefit of the listeners. The reason why that Lee all of a sudden just lost it, and again, like one of the pitfalls of us being in a room together and doing it is that you do get thrown off by a lot of stuff. And my cat just jumped through the window and walked past us. <laughs> <laughs> just all of a sudden, like looking at us, she's going, "So there better be food on my plate, dickhead. So there's going to be trouble." <laughs> so I want to. So we 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 touched on this a little earlier on and. This is like one bit where I just went, "What was like was the football game?" I'm still trying to wrap my head around what happened there. If this was supposed to be, it was like it like you know like when we were in school and we had like five a side in the sports hall with the yellow thick, but like it was 
American football, but indoors. Was that basically it? I think so, like on a hard surface. On a hard surface, just to make sure that you definitely did cripple your spine if you get tackled down. Yeah, and it also involved uh, acrobatics because all of a sudden, Rico has superpowers and... What is it, a 3-6 flip hole or something? Yeah, it was like a 360 somersault. Flip flip six three hole. I wrote that down. It's because it's basically he's he's walking on air for the first two steps and then he's somersaulting because somehow he He takes two steps. You see him go up, up. don't you? You see him run up the ramp. Yeah, (laughs) like Chitterwell Eeyore in 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 Doctor Strange. He just leaps up some imaginary steps. Kind of, yeah. Oh my word! I couldn't believe it. Throughout this entire, so so there's a there is a tease of a friendship slash relationship that we get in this movie. By a character named Dizzy, who's played by Dina Mayer. Most people would recognise her playing Kate in Friends. I think that was series three. Oh, holy shit. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Damien and I know her from something else as well, because she is also in Birds of Prey. Mm, yes. Who, uh, she plays She plays um, Oracle. Mm. She plays mm. She plays Barbara Gordon um, in a show that's like, it's not great. It's all right. Not the best. <laughs> oh, not, not the Harley Quinn not the Harley no, Quinn no, birds. No, no, this is no, a TV no, no. no, actors have to eat. <laughs> so, one thing that thinking about Dina Mayer in this, because I'm still not a hundred percent on this, and I will get into it more as we go along. How are we supposed to be feeling about Dizzy in this movie? Because I'm not going to lie, the way that she is, because like the the implication is that oh yeah, she's supposed to be like in love with Rico, but he doesn't know it because he's with Carmen or da-da-da-da. But she comes off as quite the psychopath. Well, interestingly, um, she's gender-flipped. She's a male in the book and dies in the first chapter, I believe. Dies like, very early on. So this is a complete... So <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> so most of this is just complete invention. They've just gone with it. Yeah. You know, they need, they mm. need a love triangle because they it do. just... It just doesn't play very well. I think they don't set it up very well through the movie. And then, like, because it's like she's, like, when he gets to boot camp and stuff like that, she's transferred because she knows that he's there. And it's a way to get close to him. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's one bunny away from Glenn Close. Like, it's, it's, the character I felt deserved better. It was not a good way to set things up. She's like Stacy from um, Wayne's World, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> she, she bought him a gun rack and everything also with this prom never has a a prom set in the future felt so 90s mm. like it's like I'm not going to say it's painful that's really harsh because it's a fun scene but it was very 90s like this was in the realm of like when you would watch Buffy or Charmed or something like that, and at the end of each episode there'd be a big band playing on the stage promoting their new song. <laughs> Literally how that played out. Like you would have expected that this would have been the end of the movie if you yeah. wanted. Like, like if this was if this was a rom com version with all of this lot, that scene would have been at the end of the movie and the band would have played out the end credits. <laughs> it's it, it was just just bonkers. I mean, during I'm going to go back because it's basically the whole way through. So you've. You've got Denise Richards, who's playing Carmen and Banners. Yep. The whole way through these first like high school scenes, is like, oh, I keep going. It's like, does she really like Johnny Rico? Because her facial expressions <laughs> never say that. And especially at the, at the dance, he was like, um, she said, I love you, Johnny. And literally, 
a straight face. There's no emotion in that whatsoever. And I was like, <laughs> does she? Is she just saying that because she knows she's going to go away and not see him again? I think that's exactly it. I think she. I don't think she is supposed to be a particularly nice character, and I think that's probably what they're setting up with Dizzy in seeing like who he should really be with and stuff like that. It's just they don't really serve the character oh, no. of Dizzy very well with this. I think Carmen is completely self-serving, and we find that out literally within minutes of this dance when she's talking to this pilot who's about to go off and, 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 and do his training and flying out and yada, 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 let alone the fact that, like, her boyfriend's, like, two metres away, but she wants to get all over that pilot dick. Like, she's very clear. She's a bitch. <laughs> Are they just trying to have, like, a kind of like a character role reversal here? Because usually it'd be, like, the male character that would be, like, non-committal and it'd be the, well, the female, the love interest like being left behind mm. and weeping are they trying to like make a point that like oh no men can be like soft and emotional too he's gonna have his heart broken by carmen who's just like this cold cow i think that's yeah that's it's fair it is fair and i think like we are kind of like we're, we're getting to that sort of i was gonna say we're getting to that sort of turning point in kind of like the era of movies at this point but at the same time we're really not it's also just really difficult to tell because denise richard's acting is not the best <laughs> no so... no scathing <laughs> I, yeah it's yeah it the, the, there are hmm yeah the i mean let's let's call the spade a spade here the acting in the film in general is not the greatest it's not no how dare you entertaining <laughs> sure well that's it I, but perhaps some of the actors that are in shelf? it no. do <laughs> ham it up quite a lot and that kind of makes it really enjoyable because they kind of know what film it is they know that it's, it's not part serious. Of charm i think yes yeah yeah especially someone like um jake boosie who we see later on <laughs> you can never mistake a boosie can you like no. you take one look at that guy Blonde there hair, are some people teeth. that you see yeah there are some people that you see and you and, and you just go, I can't believe they're re related to that person. You take one look at that guy and go, Busey. Yeah. <laughs> Although my first reaction is I take one look at him and go, psychopath. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> that's a bit I want to talk about later, which is just unreal. But yeah, you say about uh, Jake Busey, we'll jump jump to that in a sec because like we're the the, this whole thing goes along at a reasonable pace to kind of like set everything up because of course you've got this bit where like after the prom you've got the whole lovers goodbye so you've got Carmen and Rico saying goodbye at the at the train station at the at the train station more or less you know if this was you know if this was set in the 30s for World War Two it would be set in a train station you know what I mean and I thought that was actually kind of played out weirdly really well. I thought that was something that kind of indicated there's a certain kind of like naivety of youth that plays out to start with with this, as you get in most kind of like war movies and things where they just go, I want to do my part and do this, da 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 da, without actually fully comprehending the, the, the utter atrocity that you are about to throw yourself into. And yeah, I, th I think that was something that went quite well. It's also interesting that they, they have kind of made him out to be like this... Um hot-headed teenager by making him like fall out with his parents before he goes and does this like life-changing event and he's just like i'm literally walking out of here with the clothes on my back yeah you know they really try to like hammer that home had they actually employed like a 17 year old actor it may have been more believable <laughs> <laughs> i mean 
just trying to go back on what you're saying as of the the, the um about these naive kids going off to going off to join the arm say the armed forces but i mean the film starts as a bit in the future because it then flashes then obviously this is more what leading up to that that one that scenes which is like halfway through the movie and yep. um but what you don't you see the bug in the the biology lesson but you don't really know the background of what's happened so far they're not really there's no no like allusions to that they're actually at war with the bugs at this time it's just mm. how they just found some species and whatever because i feel i feel like they're going there and it's like i've got to do this but we're not at war it's fine i'm just gonna do two years whatever do my term of service and then leave um so i think they just feel like it's just um um easy for them they can just go and do that and then yeah, they're just, they're saying they're naive and not not aware of what might happen or what they might be called up to do. That's yes. a really good point, actually. Yeah, it, it's kind of not really alluded to, but it, it, then later on in the film, it's like, oh yeah, we've been fighting them for ages. It's like, well, have you? Because I thought the act of war was when they launched, the, you know, when they flattened Buenos Aires. So it's, yeah, it's a bit of a contradiction there, Luke. You're right. I hadn't actually noticed that. I think that's also something which is you know kind of feeds into what you were talking about before about it as a as a parallel to kind of like what world war Two went the other way and media control and things like that and how these things are spun in the eyes of the public and to which which you know not to get political about is something i think is has been particularly prevalent over the last kind of like six months seven months as well and yeah i i, I think i'm not sure it's a contradiction i mean it can be seen as a contradiction for certain but there's like, plot holes left and right in the movie anyway, but that's kind of part of its charm. But the idea that the public is being told what the people in charge prefer them to be told. Sorry, this is getting a bit of a, like Illuminati-esque now, really. <laughs> it's interesting that the, the, there is no such government as such. It all seems to be very military-run. And it is very fasc yes. fascist in a sense because it's like the only way you mm. can you can be a citizen and be a good human being is to go off to war. Now that's that's your, that's your that's the right to go blow up some bugs. It, mm. But there's no real explanation to yeah why they're going off to war. Why this is the only way to be a citizen. This is the only way you get to vote. Or to, or to get to be a human being and live out your life it, it's just there's no explanation to that it's interesting because one of the mobile well, well, says he wants to be a politician and the only way you can do it is you have to go and serve as you otherwise you can't do anything in life that class is meaningful i don't know if lee's got it in his life, but the original book it stemmed from heinlein had been in the military and came out and saw how ex-service and active they still had a regimented they liked order and normal civilians just were they were viewed as lazy, disorganised, not and really shouldn't be left in charge of anything, not even themselves. So I think this is where it's come from. It's just that it seems that if you have a sense of order imposed on you, then you then you can impose that order on everyone and make them follow, make them in your image. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 it is very yeah. Actually, like when you break it down, there's a lot of like interesting little like quips and tropes and stuff like that that they throw in to the movie it's it's a deeper movie than you're sort of led to believe and I mean, it's not it's not the deepest movie don't get me wrong <laughs> no but like i think verhoven was shooting more for a kind of sideways glance at things but i think a lot of people he he, he sort of you know he he's obviously said you know they've sort of missed the point a little bit and actually it kind of happened like critically it was panned 
but actually it had a bit of a resurgence over time because people were like, well, actually it's, yeah, it is a sideways glance at that kind of yeah. future nightmare rather than a jingoistic, yeah, you know, we're America and we're going to go kill all these bugs because they're not human, blah, blah, blah. It, you see that through the film, but you're meant to sort of, you're actually not meant to root for the humans in it. Yeah, I keep saying, and that's, and that's one thing that I think they missed the boat on a little bit because I remember the first couple of times that I watched this and I'm thinking like you almost want there to be a moment where you just think like that the the, 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 the bugs aren't the bad guys, mm. that there's something that is really the fault of the humans, but then it doesn't become like a, a second world war allegory or, 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 or yeah. kind of like Iran or anything like that. It then becomes, you know, you're getting into, you're getting into general custody, you're getting into, to, to native American, territory as well and there's lots of other parallels that could be made with that but they yeah i think they did they didn't hit on that they just kind of went with the and again there's nothing wrong with it they just went with the very straightforward these these are the bugs they are the enemies and we're going to go and defeat them i think they they just didn't lean hard enough into the kind of you know these people are nasty these people are bad yeah are we are we the baddies (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think they were had a thought and maybe alluding to some of that because during their um I'm sorry, we're not, not we got to there, but I mean, during their um, training, there was a, one of the Flashback news, news articles, and it's about, based about the Mormon colony that got overrun by bugs. And I think it's yeah. just a case of, um, obviously, my notes was they must have rung the wrong doorbell. <laughs> 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 uh, um, but Hello, my name is Elder. <laughs> <laughs> correct, that's the one. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, basically, I could, I could just see it's just the humans who have colonized their system started to colonize their system and all they're doing is just defending their own territory um and then because we kept the attack as we the humans attacked more it led to this 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 um all-out war should we say so luke as you mentioned we're at the boot camp now you know the lovers have said their goodbyes and they're going off and you know carmen's gonna go and flight school what have you and rico's on this boot camp and that's where we see the legend playing the drill sergeant that is mr clancy brown Rocking the fuck out of anything that he's in. Kurgan himself just but just just ruling the roost in this movie. Absolutely fantastic. And then, of course, like I said, we get introduced to uh, Jay Busey's character as well. I'd forgotten, actually, and I was, Damien, as you were alluding to, people go into service to allow them to go on to other things. You've got, some, as you mentioned, someone said that they want to be a politician. Someone else is saying that they want to have a baby. That's how messed up things are in this kind of dystopia. That that that's what you need to do to earn the right to to to, to procreate and have a child, which makes you wonder. Like all of this time, like Rico's dad hasn't served or anything like that. So how did? So they actually that's kind of addressed in the shower scene. The woman says, "Oh yeah, it's easier to get a license if you've served." So they or would have done it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. His which are rich, rich so they probably paid. They're, they're rich. Yeah. Yeah. Which. And Lee, just 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 to go on what you were saying, because that's one thing that I had completely forgotten about is how it is is that completely batshit co-ed shower scene, like for no reason at all, like for no reason at all. Verhoeven had his reasons. I, I remember watching this on a documentary. He, he'd wanted to do it for a long time in a lot of his films, and he was. It was kind of. It was. I mean, yeah, it's slight titillation. Maybe he's crazy European 
you know, <laughs> like like they all are. But it, it was basically, I think he, he said afterwards that it was meant to show that, like, you know, men and women are equal in this society, you know, no, there's, you know, equal rights, etc. And it's like, yeah, just, just shower, it doesn't matter. Like, I think that's what it is. It's not meant to be, like, anything pervy or weird, like... I heard, I heard a rumour once that during the shower scene, like, to even the playing field, he actually got naked behind the camera. Yeah, he... Yeah, it was supposed to be in RoboCop, and it was in the script, and they all turned went, uh-uh, not doing it. As Verhoeven and, I think it's his assistant director, they'd grown up in a nudist camp, so it didn't bother them. They said, look, they said, well, if it's so, if it's not a problem, Paul, why don't you do it? So he just went, and to the, all the cast company, they just went, Womp, come on then. <laughs> Womp, there it is. Yeah, Womp, there, there it is. is. Yeah. I said, just it's not a problem, because so we grew up, and, and it, we were told it's not a problem, it's not an issue, and, you know, and it shouldn't... In, it shouldn't be in the future. It's you know that's that you're quite right. That's the point he's trying to make. Straight out on the cross service table. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe don't eat that sausage. Good lord! I, I like I had a little chuckle to myself when he said like fans of the CW DC universe as well might have noticed that the captain on the ship that Denise Richards is actually kind of the intern on is actually the one that plays Lena uh, Lillian Luther. In uh, in Supergirl, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> See Luke's cogs turning. Is that uh, yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, she comes back as I think another character in the third film. I think the it twin. is. <laughs> Clone. I don't know. Not seen it. Just guessing now. Uh, I th- yeah, I think uh, she. Because I think yeah, because Casper Van Dien comes back from Marauder, and I think she is also in it. Vanu. Bean. Did you say Van Bean? Dean. 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 It's Van Dean, isn't it? Dean. It's like double syllable. Is it Dean or Dean? Yeah, Dean, I think. Dean. <laughs> Not Bean. Well, <laughs> well, I didn't say Bean, but yeah. That's another. That's another seven bacon for you there, isn't it? <laughs> Can you? Van Dean. Can you, do, do you know what? I probably would have paid more attention to this movie if Rowan Atkinson was playing Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, someone get on that now. Bean. Ah, Rico's roughnecks. <laughs> so I, I, I was amused by this, but so, so Xander, who is the pilot who was trying to pick up Carmen at the prom, he and Carmen had this moment on the bridge. Like on the on the night watch or something like that, and they're talking to each other. And I swear to God, this flirting scene made me so uncomfortable. It actually made me feel as though Attack of the Clones was Shakespeare. It was. <laughs> there was some badly written shit in this scene. It was. You don't watch a movie like this for the for the emotional connection, and I just think they missed the mark on all fronts. But like, how also how quickly did he progress to the academy that he's her instructor when he left like a day before her? I know there's meant to be like the span of a year between now and like the first kind of fight, but was he? He was in high school with her. Yeah, same year. Like, I mean, he's yeah, just a, he was he's in just the game, wasn't he? Team, wasn't I he? thought yeah. he was already part of it. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's true. But he is wearing a military uniform at the dance after the game, so there is some like yes, implication right. that he uh, is already okay. involved or he's a cadet or something already. Some major ass uh, okay. somewhere. To... Mm. <laughs> So during this time, while she's, you know, actually doing very well as a pilot, you know, she's definitely got the skills. No, like no argument there. But what 
was I, I thought was interesting. Obviously, we spend more time on the boot camp with Rico during this point, and I honestly forget that like it's a good, it's like half the movie mm. that is set in the boot camp and during the training and things like that. Now, usually, I mean, I'm pretty sure Stanley Kubrick didn't even spend that long in the boot camp for Full Metal Jacket, <laughs> but it's yeah, there was a lot to a lot to get through in this. And during this time, obviously, we find, you know, the, the idea that this is the other thing that annoyed me, like the, like the language that they're using in it, in, in the, oh, yeah, write to me and things like that. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a video diary. There's no writing. I just, there's, there's, there's just little phrasing. Yeah. Granted, I'm being picky there, but it's just little things. Wouldn't it's you like, say the same, though, if someone was like going away? I know, obviously, society's changing. We would just, you know, message someone, but it's a similar deal, right? You, like, How else would you say it without it sounding clunky? Like, oh, yeah, send me a video, a mini disc of your, you know, a video recording. <laughs> mini disc. You know what I mean? It's that's essentially what it is, isn't it? It's like a little, little, little game. Little mini CD. Yes. Yeah. 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 But like, how, how else would you say it, though? For it not to, one, one, not to sound clunky, and two, to convey the right thing for like, the audience. Yes. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Uh, just, it, it, it just didn't really sit with me. I guess it's to kind of weigh in with the sentimentality of it, though, isn't it? You know, <clears throat> write me, you know, love letters. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Obviously, as we find out, it doesn't really last too long because she does the bitch of a thing. and <laughs> Literally first message. Yeah, yeah literally the <laughs> yeah. first one that we see him receive. Like, she, like, he writes to her a really kind of, like, fun, like, like in the barracks with everyone and, and taking the piss out of them and stuff like that and all really kind of, like, gung-ho stuff. And then the first video that she gets to, and it's almost as though she's trying to do like some sort of promotional here on the Starship John Rogers or whatever the name of the ship was. Roger, Roger Young. Roger Young. Sorry. <laughs> Does he? I barely knew him. <laughs> Named after one of the uh, first Medal of Honor recipients, I ah. believe. But um, yeah, she. You're right. She looks like she's trying to do like the weather, <laughs> and, and in the north. I half expected to go and say, hi, I'm Troy McClure. Phil Collins is the force facts had more warmth for this. <laughs> <laughs> but during this, there's all sorts, like, you know, we see Rico, after he gets his heart broken, she's like, I must focus on my time. I must focus on my service. And he goes up and, you know, he's making squad leader and all this sort of stuff. And this is where we start to get, there was just this warm up, like, brittle brutal honestly quite brutal so we get into like one of the last tests that they have to do and you've got i, I forget the character's name now but it's the farm boy it's the you know it's the who is mm. he's having a helmet malfunction isn't he i want to say boomhauer but it's not boomhauer yeah. i forget his name but it's when they're going through and because the the drones that they're fighting against are firing like taser shocks aren't they mm. but the the grunts are using live rounds to work on the dump. Probably like one of the dumbest ideas and maneuvers like ever. There's, like, there's a massive incredulity in the plot. But you have this bit, so like like, like the, the guy's having trouble with the helmet and then Rico tells him to take the helmet off. One of the other members of the squad gets hit with a bolt and then the reflex of it, they pull the trick, they kind of like fly backwards, pull the trigger and, and, and pull it through Farm Boy's eye, dead, gone. It, it is a horrendous accident. Medic! Now there are two things... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There are two things with this scene that made me go, I'm sorry, wait, what? Because, one, you have Clancy Brown, you know, farm boy's brains all over the floor. Like, there's no coming back from that. I don't know why they're calling for a medic. He's... He's dead, Jim. Like, like, like every... Yeah, every... 
every essence of his being has left his body. Like, like, like there's no hope. But what got me is that the only thing that you hear after that, after after Van Bean screams medic, that you just hear Clancy Brown yell that Rico, you are relieved of squad commander. I said, can we get a little bit of priority here? Like, he's <laughs> a very odd thing to shout. But then you you've got the thing like they're going at him about who told you to remove his helmet and this that and the other. And he takes responsibility for it. But the fact is, is that Farmboy was shot in the eye. They're not wearing visors. He'd die anyway. Really? Like, would the helmet, like, like, like calling chaos theory here, would he have died anyway? Would have contained the mess, though, surely. So you think they're more worried about actually the cleanup <laughs> yeah, rather, than yeah, the, rather than the grunt being what it is. <laughs> Oh, we've got to clean all this blood now, Rico. For God's sake. We haven't got time for this. It's more to, <laughs> right, you're out. It's more to do with the uh, <clears throat> amount of stuff that's going on as well. Because they're disrupting the whole attack, aren't they? This 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 uh, this training. And they're literally having a little, yeah, like, yeah. discussion in the middle of a battlefield. And it's like, no, it's not right. Um, it's more of that, I would say. Um, and you keep saying the guy's name. I can't remember what you keep saying it, but it's um, Zim. Drill Sergeant Zim. 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 Oh, what Clancy Brown's character. Yeah. yeah. Put your hand against that wall. That's such a fake hand. <laughs> I love it, though. It's my fa- it's one of my favourite scenes, just how he does it. The way he like he just wrenches the knife out, flips it over, and just casually lobs it and gets it dead on. Brilliant. I mean, my incredulity starts earlier in that scene, just from the very fact that they're in a well-built-up compound. There are other exercises going on, and then they shout, this is live ammunition. And yet these guys are just like firing rounds left, right and centre. How, yes. how have they not <laughs> shot like the guys climbing up the ropes, the guys on the turrets? <laughs> yeah. You know, how is like there not been a mass murder by all of these trainees There's at this point? a lot point? of rounds flying around. And especially as... Ha- <laughs> this, is, this is a naked gun sketch yeah. waiting to happen. And I know they moan about the helmets because even on the cover of like... The, the poster like Casper Van Bean he can't even see <laughs> can he you know it's covering half of his face as it is so we know from the outset that the, the helmets are shit and there's a there's a scene later on as well where we meet um Michael Ironside's character again um Raj Radcheck and and he's like shouting commands but yet like the helmets like blow his eye level as well and it's just it's just all farcical <laughs> isn't it it's like it's like the, it's like the guns the guns are the most impractical things i've ever seen it's like someone's carrying around like a massive super soaker with like th- four barrels it's on essentially it. it's it's a bullpup rifle with a shotgun underslung like a full-size shotgun as well it's not even that's why it's so long essentially it's completely impractical which can also fire um nuclear warheads different weapon no, no, the, the nukes is, is on the tube launcher. Oh, that, that they give a... Him, like a shoulder, yeah. We do find, however, later in the movie that, that Rico's like underlaying shotgun of the rifle apparently has about 30,000 rounds stored in it. Wow, think about how many rounds the main gun has. Do they ever reload until like later on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you literally see, it's one, one reference to reloading. I mean, I've got something later on, but I mean, I could, I, uh, when we get to what I say about the ammo, because it's just hilarious um, how some people run out and some people don't. Yeah, plot, plot, <laughs> plot armor. I mean, ju- during this, like, like the outcome of Rico and this and, and this accident is that he's he gets ten lashes. 
like this is the the civilized world that we've gone into. We've gone back to the 1800s where the military get whipped. He's doing his best Dolph Lundgren impression there. <laughs> yeah. I get, you know, it's like it's there to kind of like garner sympathy for the characters and things like that. But that's when we get into the like we we find out about the bugs attacking and where Buenos Aires has been leveled and and, and that's when we, we we get what feels like the third act rise like this feels as though this should kind of be the end of the movie of like yes we've had this this journey of friendship a camaraderie and da 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 now we're going to go and fuck up the bad guys and we're, we're like an hour into the movie like there's so much more story to come this is one thing because like like when they do go up and they're in the drop ships and that's when i really did start to feel like this was like like third act kind of like final battle kind of deal and all oh, going back to what you were saying like the, like the practical like the sound stages for this are, are, are very impressive like the size of it granted okay tech you can kind of roll your eyebrow like roll your eyes at and stuff like that in places but again it's just the time the period like there are just some things with the tech that didn't necessarily age well but that's also the fact that like where tech was at the time like the email and stuff and like the interfaces that they're using it's going to look a little dated but when you take the film from a physical perspective with costume and sets and the sound stages and stuff i think it yeah it does it like like it certainly does hold up definitely i definitely agree did have a little chuckle at the um the boomers the fireflies from hell like shitting out fireworks oh, and the, taking the, out the plasma the, bugs yeah taking out the plasma yeah taking out the ships in the atmosphere i just want to go back to something because obviously you're saying this whole um the whole thing was because obviously they they, they the, the bugs had um shot a meteorite into and hit buenos aires that's why they're all going mm. up i mean but obviously back to that whole night night scene with um carmen and um what's his uh xander she also yeah. changes the course of the ship to make it more efficient and which is when they run into that um the asteroid which shouldn't be there and um one of my credits corner things is why wait to hit the thrusters at the last second to go underneath why not hit them on the first bloody instant to dip under because it loses their because mm. it loses their communications which is then obviously they can't communicate to earth that there's a meteorite on that trajectory because they can't communicate because they've lost the communications now so my thing is if she didn't change it they probably flown close enough to notice it and then warn earth it's all carmen's fault <laughs> Well, I'll actually go you one further and blame Carmen even more in the sense of, like, if you think about it, again, how close they were and the thrusters that are going into it, surely that would have had some sort of trajectory-altering element to the asteroid? I, I, maybe. I mean, I'd forgotten the fact that, yeah, they sort of dip the nose of the ship and they're, like, they're going to fire thrusters. And I thought it'd be, like, vertical ones to push it down. And no, it's, it's the rear engine. So actually all they're doing is just cartwheeling into it. <laughs> physics <laughs> yeah I, yeah sorry a headcanon here is that like carmen chaos theory dictates that in doing that she altered the trajectory slightly and is responsible for destroying her hometown yeah yeah that was that thing was going to miss and hit the sun yeah like, absolutely yeah fuck you denise richards <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> all your fault <laughs> the opinions of gareth do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the rest of the podcast are you are you worried that friend of the show denise richards is going to take offense to our comments tonight <laughs> She might listen. <laughs> we love you really, Denise Richards, but yeah, you, know, you need to you need to yeah. You need to own up to that shit. <laughs> yeah. You need to own up to your mistakes. Carmen Abanaz is bad and you should feel bad. Yeah. People died, Carmen. Feel bad. <laughs> so we get 
this is where we get into like the first kind of like big battle, which I actually really enjoyed. I thought like the whole ambush of the bugs mm. and the trap that they kind of set was was really good, and you start to understand, you start to think, you know, that like you start to see the intelligence of these creatures. But again, yeah, we see Rico pump out like thirty shells in that shotgun. It was ridiculous, like like you were saying. I don't know how many. Like it's just unlimited ammo. I don't know what cheat codes they plugged in before they launched, but yeah, there was something that didn't quite ring true here. Konami code. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, I think the intent. I mean, and this is this is one of the biggest differences between the book and and the film is that in the books, the mobile infantry actually wear big suits of powered armor. They're mm. not just given a, you know a flak jacket and a massive rifle. And a helmet and said off you go it's like they're actually like you know, there's not meant to be many of them and they they are essentially in big hulking like, like the hulk buster type things with guns and stuff on but obviously budget didn't allow and you know the technology at the time you couldn't do that justice so so pre-halo they basically designed the spartans yeah you could you could say although it's, it's more it's bigger and chunkier than a spartan soldier right from halo. Okay. it's it, it is, it is hulk buster yeah, 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 exactly. Because it eventually turns up in um, the like CG movies and um, so Invasion, and then I think it's the live action one, Marauder. The, yeah, like the, yeah, the Marauder suits like the, is what the, they wear. The yeah. power like mech suits do turn up because that was a big thing with like especially the the Japanese like anime series that they had. Was there? I remember there was a there was an animated movie. Of, in the Japanese one that I watched, and also there was the animated series which had the Marauder suits. Oh, it's probably an, a, as well. Japanese animated film, probably. Yeah, I only ever okay. saw like bits of it, but yeah, they used like the mech suit, and yes, there were mm. there were fewer of them because they were more like an, an elite squad, I think. Yeah, there's less of them. But what I was going to allude to is that the, I think the ammo count, obviously, it, it's Hollywood ammo, so you know they don't run out unless they need to, or reload unless they need to, and if the plot demands it, but. I think you could explain it away as like caseless ammunition, where they've got a lot more rounds in that gun than you think. You know, they're not they're not standard. You know, uh, sure, caliber yeah. shells. They're, yeah, like, yeah, they're yeah, firing yeah. a lot smaller yeah. bullets, but there's a lot more of them in the mag or whatever. You know, it's, you can hand wave it away. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of hand waving away in this movie. I think, like we see, like we see Rico get pretty badly hurt during this, uh, to the extent that he's because because this is where we've 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 jumped back. We've reached where the beginning of the movie starts now, haven't we? We've been watching it for a year. We've been watching it for a whole year, and we finally get to that bit where we see Rico kill um, just a, a fuck ton of bugs, and then we jump to the bit where we see well, what I've what I've affectionately referred to in my notes as the back to scene. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely a back to tank in all but name, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which again, like with like with. You're clearly supposed to feel some sort of no, like when Dizzy's gonna see him and like leaves the lipstick mark on the tank, and you're gonna say, "Yeah, this 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 bitch is like one step away from boiling a bunny." Like, there's, isn't it? Like, it's kind of, it's only really alluded to quite late, but it's like, oh, how come we never got together? Implying that they've known each other since they were really young and they've grown up together. And, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not made immediately obvious. Oh, it's very much like the like psychopath, like the childhood, like unrequited thing. Absolutely, but the way they are having Dean and Mayer play it is completely psychotic. <laughs> and 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 of course, we get introduced to a whole new slew of characters in this. When you get a new squad come in, and we see the priest for The Walking Dead turn up, 
Seth Gillum is in this movie. I was sat there for ages going, why do I know that guy? Why do I know that guy? Oh my God, it's the priest. Well, because I know it because he's also in The Wire as well. Okay. Um, he plays one of the uh, he plays one of the detectives in some of the later seasons. Okay, and you, like yeah, re- like really talented actor, really really good. Just really threw me off that I saw him in this movie. I just went, oh dang, okay. And then we see like Rad- Radchek, yeah, is back, and he's got a brand new metal arm, and he's going to lead the Roughnecks, and they're going to go against the Bucks. Hoorah! And yeah, there's, there's so much gung ho in this movie. Mm. Like there's 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 a lot of red, white, and blue flying. Again, part of the charm, though, to to a degree, I think, for me anyway. I mean, I, I mean if this was puppets, this would be team. This would be sci-fi team America, <laughs> yeah. like for sure. <laughs> right down to the comical '90s sex scene that we will t- <laughs> we'll oh, talk geez. about in a moment, which I'd, was bizarre, but. When they go back to the no, they don't go back to the same. No, they go back to the same they planet. Do, they go back to they go planet back. P, yeah, a bug planet, <laughs> <laughs> an ugly planet. And we see this, like Rico does this, like really crazy, like grenade assault and explodes one of the one of the boomers. Oh, the big tanker bug, the big yeah. flamethrower one. Yeah, badass, right? Is it the same planet? I thought they were going to like the outly- outlying planets first. So they. No, so initially they they land on P, but then they go back. No, it's not because they attack Klendathu, don't they? The the bug homeworld. Oh, so yeah, Klendathu's the first bit. And yeah, then, yeah. Sorry. Is... but then they go to P, and then they go back now. to P. They go back to P after. That's it. Sorry. Yeah, because this is the one planet P. Not like we're not talking about urine. Yeah, yeah sorry. Planet P. <laughs> no, planet. no, planet of P. Planet P. We see. So yeah, so they have this whole bit where they. They land on 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 planet P, and they get to the always cloudy, always cloudy. <laughs> it's a bit warm. <laughs> Where'd the bubbles come from? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I could taste the bubbles. Weirdly, smells of hot dogs. What's that? <laughs> oh, he's just like, like really grossed out. We're all nearly forty. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but. We have this moment, and this is what I was alluding to with Jake Busey earlier. There is a moment where, like, because, like, Ratchet is what wants to throw a party for the for for the squads. They've killed a load of bugs. It's time to celebrate, and they crack open a case, and there's like a football and a volleyball and things like the beers in here, the entertainment's in here, and y- you know you've got they've got like all sorts of like recreational balls, and then. Like some, and then like a guitar, and you notice there's like a random violin, just because. It's for Jake Busey. Right? <laughs> yes, yeah, for Jake Busey. But why is it ridiculous? Right, this is what really fucks me up, because there is a moment where this is when they start to really ramp up the oh Dizzy and Rico will they won't they will they won't they will they won't they well it's a miracle that they do because <laughs> the eye contact that Jake Busey is giving Dina Meyer and Casper Van Dien in that scene is. Haunting mm, is slightly creepy. It is. It it's it's a it, it's a miracle that yeah I did like I it, it it really creeped me out. Like there was just something about that moment. He just kind of like loomed in. It's not like he was looking at both of them. He was just I swear to God he was kind of like looking at Van D and like just the <laughs> fuck away from me. It's just, yeah so so he bizarre. Ace wants in. <laughs> <laughs> Tag me in, Dizzy, and. This is yeah. This is where we just get like the the, the really random 
like 90s set well it's not really a 90s sex scene is it it's, it's not really a sex scene in any respect like you kind of like 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 they're just about to start it and that's where you get the impression i did almost get the theory because if you notice like she she tries to pull a top over her head and then he stops her at one point i just thought is this going to be like one creepy thing that like he doesn't have to look at her face and he can pretend that she's common <laughs> <laughs> i was really worried this was going to take some really dark turn <laughs> <laughs> it's his who, basic who instinct. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then you know it's the fact that it's the fact that Michael Ironside then comes in and he tells him to get ready. You got like like be ready in like was ten it? minutes. Be ready in five, five minutes. Be ready in five. Ten, ten, sorry, sorry. Ready in ten minutes. And he goes, make it twenty. <laughs> he realizes that she's there and goes away. Doesn't shut the tent though. Weirdly, they just carry on. They don't. Neither of them get up to zip yeah, up the that's tent. Right. They get to that colony the next day, and this was like this was like one of the few scenes in the movie that just kind of made me go, "Oh, all right, blimey!" Like Michael Ironside, like he is scraping the inside of a jam jar. Like when like when they find the soldier's head, like he's getting right in there again. This boils down to like how good the practical effects are in this, mm. and like where the money actually went to. Where you have this hollowed out head, the Ironside just goes yoink, and just whacks, whacks his finger through, and just goes the brain's missing. So pretty sure you just could have looked in there and seen <laughs> that. Like this this was excessive. And then we see another total recall cameo because we see Quato playing the general that's hiding in the cabinet. <laughs> Not that he's around for long. No. I literally wrote in my notes, Quato, exclamation mark, question mark. And then the next note that I had when everything starts going south and the bugs start flying through again was dot, dot, dot. Bye-bye, Quato. <laughs> this is by far and away my favourite scene of the movie, just that whole like defence of the like compound. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, oh, it's brilliant. You know, it's, it's cheesy as hell, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, the dogfight is remarkable. When you see how many... like Like, you can imagine... When you have films like World War Z that exist in the world now, with, with, with like the piles and piles of zombies that are kind of like scaling the walls and stuff thing, like but that. Yeah. yeah, but you see what I mean? Like, like, like that, that whole like en masse attack of the bugs on the wall and, and you get the impression like how, how the fuck are they actually going to get out of this? That that kind of like mass attack is something that you don't see. Well, I, I don't recall seeing on that sort of scale before this. Agreed. Yeah, I don't think you had... Really, the, like in in his effective, like looking. Mm, you know. Agreed. Just gonna sorry, I'm just gonna go on the tangent. The the base there looks very similar. I feel to um like the bases from uh, Command and Conquer Tiberian Sun, like the how the how the walls are made <laughs> and the like the turrets. Just that that was my that was how what I got from that. I thought I want to bring that in. <laughs> Share my love <laughs> of the video. The timing checks out right. Yeah, it's about around the same time. Could, yeah. One could have been influenced by the other. Big incredulous corner moment here because during the fight, so of course we see two major fatalities in this fight. One, Radchek goes down. Of course, this is actually by Rico because he's about to lose his legs. And rather than try and save him, this is what I couldn't work out. Rather than try and save him, he said, you know what to do and puts one in his brain. Yeah, because like just prior to that scene, they're, they're in the canyon and the radio operator gets taken by one of the flying bugs up to the top. And he's, you know, he's, he's like, help me, help me, please, please. And Radchek's just like, no, bang. He goes, I expect any one of you to do the same for me. Right. So it, it is kind of, yeah, it's not, it, it, if you miss that bit, yeah, it's easy to miss. But yeah, that's kind of. Oh, no, I called that bit. I just thought like the difference was, is that he was getting taken away and he was very far away, whereas they still could have feasibly. But then that's, that's at least two other like 
this is quite dark territory but it's kind of it, you're taking two other soldiers off the front line so it's like to defeat uh, to, to, to uh, save yeah. one yes grant yeah that's yeah. the kind of reason why maybe i understand but i mean like with the technology they could have saved him just one person could have like got him out there i think just one um but mm, i mean possibly. it's just funny because i know what gareth's gonna say is what happened next <laughs> So I let him know. <laughs> right. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> this this is like my biggest incredulity of the entire movie is that so okay. So we see Dizzy get attacked in the longest slow motion thing ever. <laughs> but what gets me is that during this, like the claw is still in Dizzy. And so of course what do the brain trust do that are trying to save her life? They rip the claw out. So, well, congratulations. Now you're bleeding to death. But they're just grunts. They haven't had the trick. They don't know. <laughs> then don't do anything. This is what, yeah. really, like, like, surely there would just be, like, a Harry Enfield style bit. Just go, just infantry, know your limits <laughs> and just not do anything just say if you see anyone with any sort of protruding thing sticking out of their uh, sticking out of their body just leave it in and bring it to the people that know mm. infantry know your limits it's the fact is it's also serrated as well so it's going to be more more, yeah. more wounds but, i mean she's been stabbed like this like the fourth stab and obviously one stayed in there so she's still got three holes somewhere else that made from this bug but it's just serrating and yank it out but i want to go back just like before we we're saying about the ammo so at this time, Dizzy's in the communications oh, yes. cab trying to call, like, get someone on the thing and they manage to call her through. But So she comes into the fight quite late on. So there's Rico yep. fighting next to her and then she goes, I'm out of ammo. And he goes, here, use this as my last one. I'm like, how is she out of ammo when she's just joined the fight <laughs> when these guys have been going on it for a minute? Good I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Surely she's the one to be going, <laughs> here, have my spare ammo. I've not used any yet. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say something that I have noticed. Very good shout. Because out of all the explosions, they've got these mini nukes that they use. You used it earlier on to blow up a, a bug tunnel. But why do they have grenades? Yep. Where are the grenades? Nothing. They're just guns. Bullets. There's nothing. No, they, they do have grenades. They, they do have grenades, but you wouldn't know. I think what Luke's them. saying is that, like, why do they not have launchers on the shot? Like, why do they not have launchers on the guns? We deal with these shotguns, which... Gotcha. They don't, you don't, yeah, they have them, but you don't see them until right at the end <laughs> when they're trying yeah. out their weapons um but anyway it's jumping ahead and um, that just annoyed me going oh a couple of grenades down there will do the trick oh wait you don't have any apart from a nuke that's gonna take you all out whilst granted it's you know like graphics of the time it did make me chuckle a bit where you got because you've got the alien like you've got the bug which kind of like fires out the kind of like molten lava you remember mm. that mm. and what made me chuckle at that like like the graphics the way that it looked it just came off like it was something out of mars attacks Gunge, isn't it? it looks yeah. Like, yeah, it just it just didn't work with everything else that had happened. I think by all means keep it as the practical kind of like these bugs will rip you apart. But when they throw in like you know they try and push the envelope a little bit too far with some of the like CGI, and I think like at this point now it doesn't quite have that wow look at that factor. There's a comment from some of the VFX artists who worked on it. And they're like, yeah, it looks a little bit too like gungy yeah. video game blood rather than realistic. Yeah, unfortunately, and, and like during this scene, obviously, then we see like Xander and Carmen come in to save the day and pull everyone out and, and, and you know, evac them off planet. During this point, Dizzy having her last moments with Rico. And this is where I've just finally had the moment of like saying, yeah, you know what? Nope. Sorry. No emotional attachment to this character whatsoever. They spent too long trying to make her out to be accidentally just be this obsessed 
individual with no emotional like, like she's a sociopath basically like she's out for herself <laughs> and then and, and then that'd be that and as a result with her death of which they have like the only moving funeral service for in the entire film yeah i was in the incredulous corner for that like of all the people that died she's the only funeral yeah she's the only one they took they brought back <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what it is and I mean, let's face it, that eulogy, it's no Kirk in Wrath of Khan, but all right, it'll do in a pinch. Mind you, nothing's ever going to be Kirk in Wrath of Khan, is it? Let's, let, let's be fair. Khan! That bit, right? No! <laughs> 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 oh, so, yeah, this is, so this is, this is where we get, um, this is where we get uh, Neil Patrick Hairflick come in. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, this is like I think like I I felt that this was a missed opportunity here because the way that they were portraying his character, the way they were making him look, I think they missed an opportunity because you almost got the feeling of like they're going to be the bad guys. There's some secret hidden meaning behind what they're doing here, but no, it's it's a complete misdirect. It's just it's just a Gestapo looking uniform. There's nothing in it. I think I I think. Th- Verhoeven was probably trying to go for it in looks alone without being too overt. Mm. And like some of the, like, you know, when when you see like the kind of exposition news reporty things where it's like, you know, all the kids like stamping on the bugs and stuff, that's like you're meant to sort of go, oh, yeah, the, I see what's going on here. But yeah, they, they don't play into that enough, I think, to make it really obvious. Yeah, some of those, like, some of those did actually make me chuckle. Like, proper, proper brainwashed civilization of like, we're doing our part stamping on all these cockroaches. Yeah. You can shoot off a limb and they're still 80% efficient. Yeah. And this is the, like this is where we get into the actual third act. We're an hour and 45 in and this is the final throws of it. And a lot of the same mistakes being made by these characters as they go in. Because if you notice, like you've got Carmen and Xander flying the ship, still getting hit by these torpedoes, getting thrown out through the atmosphere. You would have thought during this point, you would have gone... Well, we definitely haven't gotten all of them. We should probably try and work out a way to avoid these things, maybe. But there's kind of no exposition of like, like, like they have they have no arc really, do they? They 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 they're nothing. Let's all sit in a big clump, a massive target for the for the plasma yeah, bugs to why, hit. Yeah, because they're they're, they're yeah. deploying the ships, but why can't they do that whilst moving? Yep. <laughs> Space, yeah. for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No lessons learned in this, whatsoever. Second or third time this has happened. People died. Like, that ship gets split in half. Coincidentally, so does the captain. <laughs> I don't know if that was deliberate or not, but, yeah. Mobile infantry gets on the ground because they've, they've worked out, like, the higher-ups and, and Psychor and stuff like that have worked out that the, the bugs are able to anticipate because the brains that they've been taking, they've been absorbing the knowledge and the tactics and stuff like that. So there has to be something that is that, that is absorbing that knowledge and, 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 and calling the shots. So that's the that's the Roughnecks. Rico's Roughnecks! Um, Hoorah! Hoorah! That it's the job that they've got to try and needle in the haystack, find this brain monster. Again, just, just, just the size of that planet. I can't even recall how they got to think where they would find it but not that it's actually going to matter too much because it is found by the most coincidental crash ever (laughs) when Carmen and Xander crash their escape pod into a mountain and just 
miraculously happened to stumble across this nest. Do you know what? I'm going to change my answer. That might be what my biggest incredulity of this movie, is that the sheer <laughs> coincidence of crashing right into an area where one of these brain monsters is going to be was quite literally baffling to me. It made me angry. It made me- <laughs> I didn't have too big a problem with it because you... You kind of assume it's a tunnel network, right? So maybe they maybe they landed further away than is implied because we don't know how long they're down there for before it turns up. No, that's fair. That's fair. Time, time is very much a bit of a non-factor in this movie. <laughs> I mean, the stupidest thing in this bit is when they do get caught by the creatures and the brain monster that he then hands his knife to Carmen, who is behind him. Yeah. Had he just used that knife on the brain right. monster and, as we're calling it, the brain monster, sliced off that like brain plunger thing, he would have been in a vastly better situation. This could have been wrapped up so much quicker. So what plungers do you use, son? Well, that's so... what I'm saying, brain plunger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bloody great stabbing claw thing. Which, okay, two things with this. One, again, as a practical effect very impressive mm. the makeup of, of 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 how gaunt kind of xander becomes through that again quite horrifying but like but but very funny at the same time where i just went like this was just kind of like a step up from the sirens in red dwarf yeah, where yeah. they would suck the brains <laughs> through the straws got the straws yeah <laughs> oh, well, I was, if you weren't going i was gonna go there if you weren't <laughs> I mean, during the scene, obviously when they crash land, they manage to get hold of Rico, or the, they hear heard that the Roger Young has gone down, and there's so all these all all the out of all the um, escape pods, it's just there one left. <laughs> Miraculously, oh yeah, just these survivors. That's what they talk Good about. Show. And then and then yeah. they're like they hear hear them. And then obviously they start hear the gunfires are gone. But it's when they think that, that it all goes static, and then um, Jake Jake Boosie turns around to Rico and just goes, "Sorry, buddy." Because they think she's dead, his face does yeah. not portray that whatsoever. <laughs> He's not sorry. Yeah. He's trying to not laugh at that point. <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> That's how that easy yeah. like with Johnny, isn't it? Lucy's <laughs> just there, just going, "So finally, that bitch gets what she deserves." <laughs> and then <laughs> my time to shine. <laughs> this is well, yeah, like literally. The the ramp up of what happens next is it, it, it is rather crazy because there's no give. Like they find them so quickly like so quick like, like so quickly that you would have thought they would have seen the escape pod crash over their heads like it's that quick it's kind of implied isn't it when the camera angle cuts to it slamming through the mountain you kind of assume that that is from roughly where the roughnecks are like in their point of view but yeah. evidently not well they, they she gave them the coordinates as well so they kind of roughly knew where to go true yeah yeah but yeah, also, you... isn't it implied that Carl is guiding Rico towards her? Yes. Oh, yes. Well, that's yeah, that's, that's yeah. later, isn't it? Because when he's he's walking down the tunnel, he kind of has like this odd, peculiar moment of where they come to like a fork in the tunnels, and he kind of like looks ominously like down the tunnel as if like he's heard something, he's seen something. Mm. I mean, there's there's no indication at that point that there's like Carl's had any kind of like interference with Rico's brain, although it probably wouldn't take much. So he's not there doing his Professor X, mm-hmm. though, is he? It's like, a, it's like a, th- a throwaway line from like way earlier in the film when you're first introduced to him. Yeah. When Rico's like sat at his desk, isn't it, trying to do that card memory, uh, card psychic thing, analysis well, test, a, whatever. a connection with a ferret, doesn't he? Yeah, he tells the ferret to go and bug his mother, and it's like, don't you ever do that to me. 
So there you oh, go. The, oh, you mean the Dr. Venkman, what's behind yeah, this yeah, card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that one, yeah. yeah. So the, I guess the thing that I have with this last bit is that there's, it doesn't really feel as though there's much sort of final payoff. Like, I don't really see it as kind of like big last battle. Because they do just sort of like retreat. There's the big explosion, like yeah. like, like like Seth Gillum has his blaze of glory moment, but they're getting away, and then all of a sudden, everything just ends really abruptly. Um, during that scene, before obviously when they find Carmen and they rescue her, what I find incredulous, and this is where I'm severely getting into the into, into this room, is that obviously Carmen's been stabbed through the shoulder, um, and then <laughs> and then they yeah, come yeah, over yeah, yeah, and they yeah, save yeah. her. But miraculously, she's moving the arm totally fine, firing the, firing the gun away. I'm thinking, surely you'll be in severe pain. You won't be able to use two hands for that weapon, which you clearly are. Um, it's like it's, she'd bled out. Or, right? or that, yeah, I mean, there's something going on, but there's nothing is stopping her. And it's like, going, I mean, if you just got like some like tomato ketchup on your shoulder now or something, then because that I mean, it's miraculously <laughs> healed. Um, but yeah, no, it was just like, going, oh, that just doesn't make sense. But no, I, I agree what you mean. But I, I feel like the story, I think they wanted to do more. Well, they, there obviously is more, but I mean, I'm, I actually haven't gone and watched them because they, you know, <laughs> because they suck. Uh, yeah, yes. Um, from what I've seen, uh, what mm-hmm. I've heard, should I say? Um, but I feel like this is probably the they were hoping it's going to do well. And be a continuation. That's what I, I feel because how it ends. Because you just say it does. Just they save her. I mean, so the core characters are still alive. And then it's like, oh no, we've 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 caught the bug. We caught the monster brain by the film's greatest hero, yeah. Private Zim. Yeah, <laughs> it's come on, he's back. <laughs> That's it. Like the, the the whole the whole thing about this. Because clearly, when that explosion goes off, that's not the like the brain monster that they capture at the end. That's not the one that they were fighting. In the thing, because surely that would have died. It is. In like, the explosion. It, it, it fucks off. It, yeah, it, it like gets carried off on those little bug things. That's going so slowly. That's a miniature nuke. Like this is what it's going about the same speed that they're running, and they're running from a miniature nuke as well. Like, she's uh... she's got a badly supposedly got a badly injured shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's plot armor, isn't it? But bionic commando yeah, Richards. It's... Yeah. Because he does he does shout isn't it, into the into the radio. He's like, yeah, but brain bug moving west or whatever. Mm. So like, I think he implied that the rest of the platoon that went off without him. And then the craziness of Clancy Brown captures it. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> that I pay to see. I, I, all I want is a picture. Is he just got a net on the floor waiting for it to go past and goes, got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big fucking net. Isn't it? yeah. right. Just just, wi- just wily coyote that shit. <laughs> Flings it over his shoulder it? and drags it. <laughs> it is very much a subdued ending. Like in compa- yeah. Like you, the 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 fight at the sort of fortress would would almost be like the final act of the film, uh, yeah. is where they escape. Mm, but it's 100. not. It's like yeah, it's really weird. It's a bit of a. And I think that's yeah. I think that's probably like one of my main gripes with the movie is that it is a bit of a dud ending. And mm. Luke, you could like 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 going with what you were saying. You can see they were almost kind of doing it so that they were like maybe they were steering towards a a a, a big budget sequel with Van Dien coming back with. Denise Richards and Neil Patrick Harris and everyone's kind of like like though you see those characters calling the shots more and, and and kind of doing more for the for the fight but that doesn't come about and it's almost as though like the big the biggest impact you get as to what's actually happening is in the final parody advert that you get at the end because you just get this really kind of like lukewarm reunion between the three of them and then that's it 
It's like, ah, we got the, ex it's a boom, explosion. We caught the brain thing. America. Hey, let's all remember to be friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> the battle we won was the friends we made along the way. What? <laughs> yeah. oh, the My Little battle. Pony, Friendship oh. is Magic. Boom. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> Knowing is half the uh, battle. <laughs> the rest is red and blue lasers. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I think yeah, it. That's we have this parody advert of like all three of them working together in their different areas and going and and, and weirdly and very lukewarmly. That is the film. Out of the the trivia section of this. Financially, it was very interesting, with a budget of roughly, for 1997, $105 million budget-wise. Domestically, it made $54,814,377. Internationally, on top of that, was just under $66.5 million. So, unfortunately, like when it comes to stuff like this, usually they tend to measure it by the domestic and not the international overall. Mm. So, it made a substantial loss at the time of release i do think that it has gained much more of a cult following over the last kind of like 20 years Definitely. i think it's really like you were saying lee like i think a lot of people have gone back to it and seen things in it that i think maybe the audience at the time weren't really ready for it's done really well as a computer game hasn't it because they've just released another computer game this year haven't they have they yeah do you know i don't follow the starship troopers i remember playing one that was like a command and conquer style rts god 20 years ago maybe mm, mm. but yeah i've not really followed it since it's the perfect fodder for a video game but i guess has it has that been done now you know they they, they never seem to be able to make a good aliens game these days other than alien isolation well this one is a like real-time strategy game called um Terran Command. So I shall look it up. Yeah, okay. so there's been different like versions and it's quite interesting that there have been like different iterations, you know, like the later films and animated films are more faithful to the original book because they were made by fans and the games that followed it are more like the books as well. Well the the book. I think that's really kind of like what works better especially over the last kind of like 10-15 years or so is that developers and production companies and the like are actually starting to see now that the people that can actually make more money for them as it were in creating a more genuine and accurate sort of like canon to the to the to the franchises to tie everything are the people that are actually fans of it in the first place rather than anyone who will respect the source material basically isn't absolutely it? yeah well they were probably just initially like drawn in because it is just an alien movie it's very simple in premise you know supposedly good versus bad and the the bad are like you know these dehumanized characters so that mm. it's, it's, it's easy to kind of hate them in that respect and we're probably fans like us and like lee liked the theme of it all so then you know paying it good service by finding out like the source material felt like they wanted to do its service mm. by making better of the series yeah yeah that's fair I just want to uh, talk briefly about uh, reception for this movie, which at time of recording, Rotten Tomatoes scores of this movie was 66% critic 
and 70% audience. Hmm, fairly even split then. Yeah, I have to admit, I thought it would be lower. Hmm. Not in any kind of like discredit to the film, but I think like it is definitely one that you could tell that like audiences would be all over it, but critics probably would have been substantially lower. But as is always the case, there are those that think far more highly of these movies than we do. <laughs> and I found a few selections of those. But first of all, I actually want to go to the one stars because I have fewer of those. Literally, like I found, like, like on Amazon, it was about 1%. Oh, wow. Um, first one is, how anyone can take this movie with a grain of salt is beyond me. Two sexes bathing together is not going to happen, nor can bugs shoot plasma bolt out of their rear ends with any accuracy whatsoever. This movie is a total dud. So, right. So... <laughs> There's a lot to unpack in that. Someone didn't get the memo, did they? There's a lot the to unpack there. Well, I, right over there. Right? I actually love the fact they're saying, like, nor can bugs shoot plasma bolts out of their rear ends with any accuracy. As if, like... <laughs> yeah, they can do it. They can do it. They just can't do it very well. The Pope didn't write that, did he? <laughs> and the other one, headline for this is Old Cheese. I like old cheese. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> and he says, why did I purchase this? <laughs> that's it no it's not terrible acting with a smell of old ham and cheese i actually like space operas but man some things are better left in the past so clearly they bought that quite recently expecting like some miracle but... who the hell thought this was a space opera i know right unbelievable but yeah the five stars that i found like reviews for this which was 77 percent of reviews on amazon incidentally First one is great space age film or shock troopers taking on alien invasions of giant bugs who have a taste for human flesh. Lots of gore and gunfights, decent cash and effects, some cameos of actors who have gone on to the big screens, etc. It's like, well, they're already on the big screen in this movie. And I would actually argue that anyone that's in this film kind of was on the big screen prior and then kind of stopped after this. Hmm. Bar Denise Richards, maybe, who didn't go substantially far regardless. I can't think of many people that went on very far. Yeah, not me. Well, yeah. This one is a bit bleak, but did, like, what got me is that this was a five-star review. The headline is, more a prediction than a movie. <laughs> this was supposed to be a satire, but it's swiftly becoming a factual representation of, of how we will soon be living. What? It's not a million miles away. There's a few people who said that. It's like, you know, yeah. if you really, really dig deep, potentially. And then, last but not least, easily the best of the series. Now, granted, I chose this. Three? And I completely... That's <laughs> 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 a, a sci-fi poke at patriotism with insectoid aliens to battle against in the defence of Earth and all who live here. Easily the best of the series and very reminiscent of space... Above and beyond. I don't know what that is. But I just found it quite funny in the sense of like oh, easily the best of the series. That it's was like... another sci-fi series, wasn't it? Space Above and Beyond. Yes, it, was, sure yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Leave well alone. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, let's just jump into recommendations here. I think I I I ummed an art about this for a good couple of days. I it it just it it, it kept me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's 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 a bit of a weird one because I think like on on the flip side of it, I think it can be, you know, I do think it's an entertaining watch, but I think it's also an entertaining watch with conditions 
I think. I think that, uh, that like I, I don't think younger audiences would really get on board with it. I think in certain respects, I think it looks a little too dated. But I think if you were, if you, if you were there, if if you were there, man, then <laughs> you would. And you hadn't seen this movie, then you would at least sort of have an appreciation of the kind of standard of filmmaking that was there at that time, and you could get on board with that. Or then again, like some youngins out there might watch it and think it's a little bit more kitsch, but I like there's still an audience for it, 100%. And I'm really glad for watching it. And first of all, Lee, thank you for bringing this to us because I've not watched it in so long. That genuinely surprises me. What they haven't watched it in so long? Yeah. I, yeah. I honestly thought this would be like right up your alley. It, but so I know I know you like your kind of films a bit more cerebral now and again. But I thought you know now and again this is a great popcorn movie, right? It, 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 like it is a great popcorn movie, but there's also the fact that like it's re- like like it's it, 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 it's really not one that re enjoys either. Um, okay. So 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 when it comes to like you, you know like when when it comes to like like daft action movies that we'll sit down together and and like have some popcorn and drink and stuff like that on a Saturday night at a takeout, this isn't really going to be top of that list. But I think. Yeah, I think I would recommend it. I think I still would. But just to say, it's it's not really one of those kind of like easy Saturday night, Friday night watches, is it? Because it's quite a commitment. It's two hours ten. It is a long movie, like, yeah. I'd, I generally I didn't realise it was that long. I mean, yes, I saw it at the cinema and I've seen it maybe a couple of times in between. But when it mm. came up on the, on the screen, it's like two hours ten. I was like, bloody hell. This is this is an investment. But yet you still enjoy Godzilla, and it was like the same time frame. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think what it is with with this one as well is what that it has so many like false endings to the film. It's no Return of the King. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ollie, how, how do you mean false endings? Sorry to jump well, in there. It, in, in that you know, you you think it's going to end about uh, an hour and forty five into it when they all like return safely back to the ship and that they get tattoos and you think that's kind of like one ending and then there's they return back really? to yeah I, I think there's a couple of points where it could have quite easily have like ended <laughs> you sure you weren't just willing it to end well, it, it may it may have been the wishful thinking of it but i i do i did think i was like oh this would be a, like this could be a point where the film could naturally end I think it's definitely a film of, of three acts, yeah. for sure. And to be fair, any of those are not too dissimilar to the actual ending of the film, because the that's so, like, stale. Fair, yeah. The ending could have definitely been better, yeah. for sure. Yeah, you, you just got to ask me, would I recommend it? <laughs> yes. I, I guess as a bit of fun, but having rewatched it, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't watch it again. Okay, interesting. It's, it's interesting that it, it has spawned the sequels and the enthusiasm to make the video games so there is something in it which is quite exciting for fans it's just as the first film i it was enjoyable enough but i just i wouldn't go back i mean i just want to go to the end of the film before i say anything else because it's on my notes i didn't say anything earlier but i'll see what they do they cut out the mass suicide because they're all firing the guns in the air and i'm waiting for all those bullets just to come back down on those fight those those <laughs> inventory. they've got the brain bug and then they've just, commit, they've just committed suicide because you know they're just all those bullets come back down i know i'm gonna jump in i really enjoy this film I've already watched it once this year already. So when you said about watching it, I was like, okay. it's been about a month ago since I watched it. What? So Because I was like, oh, it's on uh, Disney+. Plus. I watched that because I haven't seen it for a while. And then because you brought it up and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to watch it again. <laughs> um, but I enjoy it. Um, I would definitely recommend it. 
I can see where you guys are coming from, though, for it is a bit dated. I think I have that nostalgia because I did watch it as uh, well, as a younger younger person. Um, but I mean, I, sort of around, the, around the time. I'm trying to think, I'll go back and when I did watch it, because I remember watching, seeing this before the sort of the animated CGI sort of cartoon that came out. So I, yeah, whenever that was, I remember watching that. So I, I think that cartoon was brilliant. That's why, I, well, from what I remember as being from young, young, younger, younger days, um, if my memory, if my memory can go that far. I was, I was but a boy. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like early 2000s, yeah. I believe. So I, I think all that, I think it's just nostalgia for me. That's why I love it. Um, and that's sort of the memory yeah. it brings back. Um, but yeah. Sure, yeah. So yeah, I would recommend it. Damien, what about yourself? Give it a watch. It's entertaining. You know, some people might love it, some people might hate it. And to quote the most used line in this film, if you'd like to know more, watch Robocop. <laughs> Go watch Robocop if you want to see yeah. where, the, where this came from. And if you like this sort of thing, you don't want to see a group of characters you're meant to care about. Go watch Aliens. <laughs> for a group of marine you are you actually do care yeah. about mm. and they have and they actually do have character but this 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 film it it's entertainment you know, it's not the greatest yeah. film in the world it's not the worst film in the world <laughs> mario um i'm <laughs> not forgiving <laughs> you for that but and just said there are people you know it does have its fans because it's spawned this franchise so it's yeah struck a chord with people somewhere and you know so certainly give it a watch yeah I think the, the the main thing with this, I mean, it's interesting you're saying about you know like 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 go to watch RoboCop, and I would actually go as far as to say like with Total Recall as well. I think that's partly what I think the film is a good, you know, it it's a good bug hunt, it's a good monster movie, like 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 Space Marines, gung ho, like 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 guns and explosions, but I think for I think for depth of story. And characters and concept. I think Verhoeven peaked with those two movies. <laughs> I think that I, yeah. I, I think with Total Recall and Robocop, I think they're two of the. I think they're two of the greatest sci-fi movies that have ever been created. Robocop definitely did the satire better. Yes. It was more yeah. obvious mm. that it was satire. I think in that than than in this. Yeah. But just to segue in a second, because obviously this was your choice, and again, thank you very much for for bringing it to us. But having watched it recently. Knowing you, I'm going to say very recently, I'm going to say this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> like, had you, like, like, had you, like, like when, was, when was the last time that you watched it before this? And, yeah, like, how does it hold up? Would you recommend still? I didn't watch it that long ago. I think it was a couple of years at best. And I know uh, my wife wanted to watch it with me, but unfortunately we just we couldn't get the timings right to sit down and watch it together beforehand. But, yeah, I, it's one that... I really enjoy. You know, I've I've always enjoyed it. The circles that I move in, you know, a lot of us like the kind of war gamer crowd that I hang with. The 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 whole scene in the compound is like the game that we all want to play, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to be on the losing side in the middle, yeah. kind of thing. Like, but you know that, that kind of it spawns so many kind of games that we play and that we wanted to play. So for me, it's an easy recommend. That being said. It, I think in some ways it has aged relatively well. Like the, the the views expressed when you know it's satire, it's kind of like okay, I can see what they're doing. If if you watch it and take it at face value, you're going to be like, whoa, that's horrible what they're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you kind of have to watch it with the, through the right lens for sure. Yeah. Visually, it's aged perfectly well. You know, like like we said earlier, some effects look a little ropey, but nowhere near as bad as like you know, Chin Godzilla. 
<laughs> or like you know anything like that like for the most part it it actually holds up pretty well and like you know there's some interesting sure. stuff in the background if you ever want to look into it look up some of the kind of vfx artists kind of stuff about it because they they came up with some revolutionary things i won't go into detail here and bore people but for me yes i recommend it i i i recommend it with a caveat in that you have to look at it and realize that it is meant it's trying to be satirical but it falls flat and doesn't make that obvious from the start it's yeah. when you know you you know and you get it and you, you can spot it a mile off but initially when like the first time i watched it, i was like, oh yeah great yeah i want to be i want to go kill bugs and you're like you know through an older kind of mature more mature mind you sort of see it oh yeah but why are the bugs attacking us? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like they're not. They're, you literally are in... It is, it's literally, if anything, it's an allegory for, like, you know, the colonization of Native America, right? It's, it's essentially, you know, yeah. they're, they're like, oh, look, they're, look, they're bugs. They're different to us. Quick, fuck them up. It's, it's that kind of mentality. And it's, it's meant to show, you know, the future is a dystopia in this universe. And so you shouldn't, you shouldn't sort of take it at face value, essentially. You need to look a little deeper. So yeah. that, that would be my recommendation is watch it through the lens, knowing that it's meant to be satire. Well, there you go, listeners, and I think safe to say, like a, a reasonable, a reasonable reception, a mixed bag, if anything. But yeah, it's on to the next one, which, as we move forward, is Ollie's choice. Now, Ollie, you were very cryptic just before we started recording, and my interest was piqued. So, tell me, good sir, what? are you bringing to us for the next installment? What, what is what is your birthday choice what's coming so as last time i went for spirited away which was a very a film i was incredibly fond of and a little bit more cerebral this film i i came across while stumbling through amazon prime so i have never oh, seen God. this film <laughs> i don't believe oh, no. any of you have ever seen this film now oh, to no. quote the poster from a vast and distant galaxy, a space adventure for all time. This film came out in 1978 on the coattails of Star Wars. It stars the saviour of our beaches and the star of Sharknado 3 and 4, David Hasselhoff. It is directed oh, by Luigi Cosi. It is a film called Star Crash. And I can only describe it in one oh, word. Geez. Trash. Absolute trash. But oh, I have been amazing. waiting to watch this film. I know nothing about it. I've literally only seen the trailer for it today. And... I'm so glad oh, we get Lord. to share it together. I feel this might be a watch we're all together with. <laughs> I was to say, is, it, is this oh, an I in-person think, watch? I think this might have to be an in-person watch. Yeah, now, I think. Like, like, I think. I will describe it. An outlaw smuggler and her alien companion are recruited by the Emperor of the Galaxy to rescue his son and destroy a secret weapon by the evil Count Zarthan. <laughs> what more could you want? God, I thought it was like Battle Beyond the Stars for a minute then. <laughs> is this like bootleg? I mean, it obviously is bootleg Star Wars, but I mean, crikey, they have not tried very hard to disguise Just that, you they? wait. Just you wait. <laughs> oh, I'm, God. I'm honestly speechless, which obviously isn't necessarily a good thing for an audio podcast, but I don't know what to say right now. I just... I, 
terrifying. Barely form sentences. <laughs> this is I like this is this this might be this might be the end of me. This <laughs> this <laughs> we've gone through Super Mario Brothers and Godzilla, and we've come to this. We might. Yeah, why are you doing this to us, Ollie? Just we might, what, when, we might, listeners, you might be listening to the last episode of this podcast. When, we might not be able to get through it. When did we hurt you all? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I just looked at the poster. <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> I will be putting up previews on social media at some point to give people indication of what to expect from this. I am both terrified and excited Uh-oh, and nervous my and yeah i be scared <laughs> listeners i be scared yes oh i am yeah I'm, oh my god I'm, look I'm at that look at that picture yeah. Yeah, that, that, that poster for it oh my god i know yeah god christopher Plummer is the ep- oh my christ <laughs> <laughs> well maybe we shouldn't spoil it anymore but just to say no, no, no. Oh, okay i'm really no, looking we'll get, forward we'll to get watching into this that. We, we will get into that okay you know <laughs> <laughs> on that bombshell listeners i think that is a reasonable time for us to draw things to a close here so first of all i want to say thank you to the collective for joining me for this this evening thank you very much thank you you're welcome, you're welcome. Thank, thank you and of course lee thank you for joining me in person to do this meet space and for choosing the movie as well great little entertainment for us and thank you to all the listeners out there for taking the time to join us for this episode we hope you've enjoyed it like share subscribe do all that content sharing thing that people do these days i'm far too old to get my head around it now but if people are out there listening to it and enjoying it that's all i really care about because it's just fun for us to do at the end of the day until next time listeners end of line <laughs>